Hi, everybody. Welcome to Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Josiah Zachariah. I could have thought of a name. For, I had so many hours to think of. I had a week to think of a name to put in meanwhile. But you know what distracted me? I'll be fully honest. I bumped my book, Reaching for the Drink, and it threw me off. And then I couldn't think of any name, so I said Josiah Zachariah, which I think is a person who makes butter in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, for the Amish. But welcome, everyone. Uh, this is episode two, hopefully, uh, and uh, we're, we're upgrading. I don't know if you noticed, but we have a, a full, beautiful uh, arm situation going on with a brand new mic. Uh, and now, not only that, but we have added a microphone. So now we got Nicole, Nikki Six, on the ones and twos back there, and she could now chime in. What's up? There we go. I mean, you know, bringing a lot to the program right away, but we will have more things for her to say in the future. I like it. I have her positioned behind two 27-inch computer monitors that are not on, and um, there is, you know, she's she's working back on the laptop, but it's fun because she's not seeing anything that I'm happy. She's just listening to it like a podcast listener, so I'll get the real-time feedback whether she likes this or not. Um, and today, we're drinking... A margarita. If you've watched my Feeney's Friday Cocktail Hours on Instagram, or you just know me at all, you know that I love me a margarita. And I made one for Nicole, who this is her first time having a Mike's Cadillac margarita. And Nicole, tell the people your honest assessment, what you think. Well, it was really hyped up when I got here, so I was a little nervous about that. But me there too. are a lot of layers to it, much more than I've ever experienced, <laughs> but in the best way. That's, I mean, that's the greatest compliment. I want that on my tombstone now. There were, there were a lot of layers to Mike's margarita and his life, but then just someone crossed out life afterwards, and it was just on the margaritas. Um, yeah, it's a great time. If you guys are uh, into cocktails like me, this is what you got to do. Fresh lime juice, agave nectar, none of that other sweetener bullshit. Uh, you use tequila and Grand Marnier. That's it. Make it easy. I like to throw a little bit of a coconut uh, kind of a juice in there to, to spice it up. But hey, you know, sometimes you just got to experiment. Um, so I realized last episode, I came out hot. We were, we were a couple drinks in. I had a good buzz going. I didn't know what the format of this show was. I didn't know what I was doing. So um, we've, we've received the notes from the audience, and that's just up in my brain because this hasn't come out yet. Um, but I've realized what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to still be snarky and angry for sure, but I'm going to be a little bit more myself, okay? Because I'm not one of these topic folks. Top, as you could see by in episode one, by the horrifically bad transitions of 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 uh, hosting in between one topic and two, which is me going into this laptop, panicking and uh, begging Nicole for help. Um, so with this, I got a lot, a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Um, and a lot of things is, are perfect for this podcast. Like number one, and I'll, let me just tell this one fast because it's a faster thing than this whole saga. I'm going to call it a saga that I'm about to get into. But before that, Last night I do a show um, on uh, on the Lower East Side, and the show's great, and it's a bar normally uh, that does comedy once a week there, and they have, I'm waiting outside, outside of the venue, because it's packed, so I wait outside of the bar for me to go, until I go on stage, and there is a, a sandwich board, a little A-frame that's got an advertisement for the bar, you know, people do that with chalk and all that stuff, and there was a a couple that walked up. And on the sandwich board, it said, and I quote, cocktails, music, fun. That's just what it said. And one of the couple, one of the, the guy read it, they were a gay couple. Um, and also like a, a, a gay couple that they were such disparaging age differences that I was almost like, good for you, older guy. Like he was like a, like a silver fox dude. And like a 22-year-old kid with pimples. And you were like, hell yeah, man. Like, I don't know what's going on here but and where you met, but I support it, you know? You ever just see someone super old with someone super young and you're like, I mean, I'm sure money is involved. Maybe this isn't a transactional relationship, but it, it is in the sense that you probably got money, but maybe not, you know? Maybe they've just discovered love at a, at a, and they, one of them is old at heart and the other one has an old heart. So whatever, it doesn't matter. But cocktails, music, fun. And the older man read it 
And he goes, cocktails, music, fun. <laughs> that sounds great. And then the young guy was like, I'll take a peek. And he walked down the stairs, walked past me, stuck it, opened the door to the bar, and there was comedy, you know, instantly, like blaring through it. And he stuck his head in and he looked around and he went back and reported to the man and he just said, it's, uh, they're doing stand-up comedy in there. And this guy, his exact quote and reaction was, ugh, again? Which was so funny to me as a reaction because I just pictured them going into every bar in Manhattan and then there's just a comedy show at every single, like this is the 11th bar that they've tried and then every single one, they just open the door like cocktails, this sounds great and he just walks in and they're like, my dick's weird and he's like, God damn, no, not this one. They go to a different place, come in, I miss my dad, damn it. All right, you know, and then they just keep going, you know. So that was very fun to witness uh, and especially as a, what a fun reaction that is to have to a, an art form that is Pure intention is to derive joy, you know, and to give the audience members levity and to to have a negative, angry reaction to people trying to make people laugh during an uncertain time is the best New York story I can think of. I mean, there's nothing more New York than that. So cheers to you, New York. Maybe that's what I'll do, Nicole, in between things. I'll do a little cheers to them, you know? There we go. Nicole's going to get drunk by the end of this. I'm actually really scared. This, <laughs> this is not going to go well for you're, me. You're plowing through yours already. This Am is great. I? I, got, I mean, more so than me, but I'm also doing a lot of talking. Um, all right. Now, we got we to gotta get into this because this has been the subject of my Instagram stories, and I need to provide context and background and fully, you know, so... I got a dishwasher, all right? You know, I'm I'm one of the I'm doing pretty well, you know? I'm doing dishwasher well, you know? I'm not I'm not made well. I'm not doing uh I'm not housekeeper well, but I am doing dishwasher well, which is pretty good. So I have a dishwasher. Occasionally, you know, it runs out of dishwashing soap. So what do you do? You stroll on down to the fucking mart or whatever you're going and you pick up some of the things so we go out, we're walking Jeet, and my wife and I, I decide to go in as, as the man, as the hero, and uh, I go in and I buy the dishwashing uh, detergent thing. And we use those little, the little pods, you know, the little ones, you just, the little squares, you pop them in, you close it, it's done, whatever. And then I buy them, and I'm thinking to myself, I bought it at a bodega, so I am thinking to myself, I wonder like how overpriced this is. Because I know it's overpriced, but I wonder how overpriced it is. So I go out and I, and I immediately say to my wife, I go, how much, I just bought, you know, I just bought the little Tide Pod things. How much do you think they would go for? And she was like, ah, they're probably like seven or eight bucks. Like normally they're kind of expensive. Tide Pods are kind of expensive. And I was like, that's what I paid. I paid $7.99. So I'm like, that's pretty great. I, I think I paid a good price for that, right? So I come home, I open up the Tide Pods, I put it into the thing, I close it, I go do, I get ready for a show. Erica's had a long, hard, exhausting day. There's nothing she wants to do more than get me out of the apartment so she can watch her real housewives and enjoy her life with her dog. That's it. Her life is now, how do I get him out of the house to spend time with my dog and not him? And I honestly get it, but I go to leave, and as I'm leaving, I take one step towards the door into my kitchen and I step in just an ocean of suds and soap. And I go, well, that's not good because my dishwasher is six feet from me. And I turn on the light and it is just foam mountain. All is just soap suds that have engulfed my entire kitchen, about two inches high of just, uh, just aggressively bubbles and soap coming out which then leads to the panic. I turn it off. I go in. And Nicole, did you know this? Did, did you know that Tide Pods are apparently supposed to be for clothes <laughs> and for laundry and not for dishes? I mean, here's the thing. Everybody that I've said this to has called me a fool. And I will defend myself right here and now, okay? Exhibit A. The Tide Pods, okay? I want you to really get a, a sense because Erica was incensed to the point where I think she was going to leave. And now look at this. 
It doesn't even unzipper. I'm trying to, is there a way that these, is the Tide Pod, is this the company protecting itself that it can't, it's literally not unziplocking. How do you, I'm, is this possible? I mean, this is, this is unscripted, folks. It's, it's sealed as if the government secrets are in here. And I can't believe that it, okay, I'm just going to rip it apart is what's going to happen. There we go. All right. So I got a Tide Pod. This is what a Tide Pod looks like. I understand kids were eating them or whatever the hell. And it's for detergent. Now this is what we use on a day-to-day basis. It's Cascade Complete. All right. Not trying to give them a plug. Now. Look at the difference between these two, and you tell me that I'm a fool for thinking the Tide Pods and Cascade Complete, look how similar these are. They're, the, they're identical in every conceivable way, and yet I'm a fucking asshole for filling our entire kitchen up with soap. Nicole, did you know that Tide Pods were not for dishwashers? I'm actually concerned the drink is working aggressively because I use those for my laundry and I was just on the edge of my seat for this story and I was like, oh my God, what happened to the dishwasher? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even question the Tide Pods at all. Right? Because Tide Pods, it's, Tide Pods have become a thing because they became so culturally you know, important with people eating them and stuff. Tide Pods became like saying Kleenex instead of tissue or uh, using a Q-tip instead of a cotton ear swab or whatever. You just say Tide Pods, and that's what, that's what it is when you need to think. But so my entire, you know, kitchen fills up with all of this soap, right? So that's the precursor to all this, everybody. I'm a real fucking idiot, I guess, you know? And, and that's fine. But what I needed to do was we used every single towel we've ever had, we've ever been given, and we've ever seen to clean up all of this. Because we had a, the mop that we own is like a show mop. It's like it doesn't. It's not a real mop. It doesn't work like a mop should mop, and it doesn't mop. Um, so it doesn't. So you know, all of our towels soaking wet, disgusting, the worst. So I have to do uh, some laundry. Right, so we go down, and now, and I'll tell you this, um, again, I'm doing dishwasher well, and I'm doing drop off my clothes at the laundry level well. That's the level of success that I've reached. I don't, I don't do laundry anymore. I don't, uh, I, I think that paying the extra $4 to have somebody else spend three hours of their life doing, just to fold socks, I'd be like, here's all the money I have. Thank you so much. To not pull hot clothes out of a dryer and get that sweat in your face, it's, there is no price that I won't pay for that. However, in this situation, we needed to do a load. So I go downstairs, so there's a laundry room in my, uh, in my building, and there's three washers and two dryers, which already are like, hey, your math, not right. So fix that immediately. Get, get three and three or two and two, but definitely don't get three and two, uh, but get, the good news was one of the washers is broken. So really, it's two and two, and fuck me. But two washers and two dryers for an entire building of people. So you really got to time that right. I don't know how many. There's probably seven apartments on each floor. So there's probably like, uh, you know, 30, pe- 30 apartments in this, in this building. That's, you know, a lot to only have two washers and two dryers, right? So I go down. With my clothes, uh, with this, all these, I'm going to wash all this stuff, right? And there is just clothes sitting in the washer. They're done. I don't know how long they've been done for. And I don't know what my next move is. Because my move, I say immediately to Eric, I go, well, I'm going to rip these clothes out and put them on the table or on top of the washer, anywhere but in the washer. Because again, only two washers, you're done here, and you haven't... T- now, what is, what is the amount of time that I need to wait to not be a rude asshole? First off, Nicole, do you think it's rude that I remove them? Uh, and if so, what's the amount of time that you would think is okay to remove them? No, I don't think it's rude. I did participate in that Instagram poll, and I stand by that. Um, but... I don't know. I, f- I feel like personally, maybe like an hour. I don't know if it's even an too hour? long. An hour? Is that too long? Yes! <laughs> an hour? Are you out of your mind? I was saying four to five minutes tops. And then you get, b- it's up to you 
as the person to set an alarm on your phone to remind yourself, oh shit, I live in a building with 30 apartments. There might be, it's not, you're a rude, inconsiderate asshole if you leave your stuff in there. That's what I'll say. So I waited like another 15 to 20 minutes because I'm like, maybe it just ended as I got off the elevator and I didn't know. I come back, they're still in there. And I put up a poll on Instagram, as Nicole mentioned, and it was surprisingly close. It was like 56 to 44 or something like, it was too close people saying that it wasn't rude to remove it, but to the 44% of you, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You either don't live in New York City or you're a person who gets walked all over. That's what I think you are, you know? You gotta, I was ready to rip them out and then, you know, I, I wouldn't just throw them on the ground and people go, well, you can't touch people's clothes post-COVID. Fuck you, all right? You don't want me touching your clothes. Deal with your shit in a way that I don't have to worry about it. So I took them out, put them on the thing, put my stuff in, got to going, you know? And then I did my own thing and I never saw the other person again, but I don't even know who it was or whose clothes were in there. But the gall that they would have to have to give me any shit whatsoever for being like, you didn't, no, no, you shouldn't, you should have left my stuff. I would fist fight that. If it was a, it, it might have been my super's wife, who is a small Ecuadorian woman. And if it was her, who's a mother of three or four children, uh, I just, you know, I'd put on boxing gloves, ding, ding, let's go. I mean, there's just, you know, it'd be, uppercuts and crosses and she'd get a few in but i'd you know i think i'd come out the victor but unbelievable that it blew my mind that people had the not only the goal to say that i was rude to taking out but then to even even you saying an hour nicole is like think about inconveniencing your life for an hour and then you by the way an hour is like i guess i'll go and check back a few more times you know and then so here's the thing this is the other part of the story, right? There was two washers. One of them, I took the stuff out. The other one had stuff in, but I was like, I don't need it. I come back, I do my load that I need to do, and the one washer um, that had stuff in it got taken out, and then more stuff was put in it. So if I had waited the hour, like you had suggested, Nicole, I would have gotten back only to find that now she's doing another load of law. I'm just blaming it on my super's wife now. I'm just, I'm just saying it's her. But I now I would assume that it now she's doing another load. Now I need to wait more time. And then who knows how long she leaves that in for. So all of this to say, um, you know, don't put Tide Pods in the dishwasher <laughs> is, is the message of all of this. So, yeah. Ah, man, that drink gets better with age. <laughs> Um, another insane social situation that I got myself into. I took an Uber or a Lyft. I get. I think. I don't think you're allowed to. Again, Uber is another one of those like Tide Pods or Kleenex. I just say Uber. I think I was in a Lyft because now if I say I was in an Uber, people are like you shouldn't. Don't take Uber's not good. They're they're wrong to the working class and they they don't treat their employees. I don't know, man. Just let me get to where I gotta go. I, you know, it's if you don't, if we don't like Uber, just say we're all boycotting Uber, and then Lyft will jack their prices up seventy five percent. And when Uber's half the price, guess what? Your boys taking Uber. That's how that's gonna work. But free market, baby, capitalism. I get in a Lyft, and I, I'm, I'm driving. Uh, you know, I'm, I was going to a show, and the man, uh, I had just had a coffee, so you know. I was a little self-conscious, had a little bit of the hot breath, the coffee breath, which I, you know, I'm a big, big pet peeve is people that are not aware of their smells. I'm hypersensitive to smells, particularly my own. And I, so I, if you ever see me and I have either bad breath or some sort of BO, know that it's not a plan of mine and that I'm more aware of it than you are, and I'm praying that our interaction ends so that I could go rectify the situation. That's ever, just so that you know a little something about me. If you see me after a show, and I was sweating on stage, headlining 45 minutes, and I'm dripping sweat, and maybe I'm, I smell of sweat. I don't think I'm like a B. I'm not like a person that gets that like spicy B.O. You know when someone gets that, that pung, pungent? Pugnant? Pun, pungent? What is it? It's pun. Pungent? 
<laughs> Wait, what is it? <laughs> pugnant? Nicole, what is the answer here? Is it pungent? I think it's pungent. Yeah, that's, I think that's right. Pungent. Yeah, that's what it's saying. I have a college education. I graduated in three years magna cum laude. I'm not a fucking idiot unless you throw big words like pungent at me, which you didn't throw at me. I suggested to say and botched it for uh, almost 30 seconds. Um, I So again, I'm, very, I'm not a spicy B.O. guy where you leave and the room still smells of, you know, dirty arm. That's not me. But, you know, you, we all, we all, we all, it all happens, right? So I had the coffee breath and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta rectify this, especially when you're wearing a mask. You know, you're just breathing the coffee breath back into your face. It's truly awful. So I say to the Lyft driver, who's a man of, and it only matters, I think it matters for the story in context. He's a man of, uh, of Indian descent and a very nice man. And uh, I guess, I don't know. But I go, sir, do you have any gum? And he goes, no, my friend, I don't have any gum, unfortunately. And I go, not a problem. I'll get some when I get to where I'm going. And he goes, but I have this, my friend. Take this. And he reaches into his pocket, which already, like, red flag should be going off. But I don't. I'm desperate for better breath. So I'm ready for whatever he's offering. And he pulls out a pill bottle, an orange pill bottle, unmarked. There's no label on it. So again, uh uh-oh. For sure, like what's about to happen? And he hands them to me, and I go, "What is this?" And he said, "They're cloves." And I go, "Like clove cigarettes?" And he goes, "No, they're they're actual cloves, which is a spice." And uh, and he goes, "You just take a pinch of them, and you put them in your mouth, and you chew on them, and it's great for your teeth, and it helps you get better breath." And now listen, I'm a man who's been to a a, a bunch of different countries and a bunch of different cultures. Who am I? to put down this man's culture and possibly something that's quite normal outside of American society. So what do I do? Not thinking of my own safety, I oblige him and just take a a healthy pinch of this man's medicine bottle pocket cloves and shove them into my face and start chewing on uh, the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. And And I'm talking, it's awful. It tastes like you're chewing on potpourri. It is just, it is, it's like it burns in like a chemically way and it's like spicy, but then it's like a weird mint taste. It's almost, it's, it's bad. It's not good. So I'm slow chewing these and I'm like, do you chew them and spit them out? Cause they have that sunflower seed thing where there's like stuff inside the little balls of the things you're biting. And I'm panicking because I just had a thing of like, I am eating. Something from an unmarked pill bottle. What am I doing? Like I should, I, I, but I can't spit it out. I can't put down the window and spit it out because I don't want to offend this guy. That's where I'm at mentally. I'm afraid to offend the man who possibly might have just poisoned me or just gave me a, a hallucinogen of some kind. So I slow chew it, and thankfully we're the last like two blocks before I was getting out. So I am just kind of storing it like a squirrel storing nuts for the winter, like in the back of my gums, just being like, yeah, you can right here on the left, you know, just whatever. And I swear to God, the man pulls over and he looks at me, he goes, okay, my friend, uh, have a good day. I go, you too. And he goes, oh, wait a sec, like Columbo, like an Indian Columbo. He just goes, my friend, one more thing. And he goes into his center console and he goes, I actually did have gum and then gave me cinnamon gum. And I go, what do you do? What? Why? 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 Why would you not? I every inner part of that interaction is crazy to me because it took two. It took a very trusting party in myself and an open-minded one at that, and it took a very bold man to be like, "Have my pocket pills," and then also here's gum. If I was him, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I did have gum." Don't offer me the gum, man. It's too late for that. We've already, I've already agreed to oblige you on your pocket clothes, and now I don't want your gum. And of course, I took the gum because I needed the gum because I had, I had little fucking branches in my mouth that they were, you know, just stabbing me and tasting awful. So I took the gum. But then again, you know, of all the gum and all the gin joints across the world, the man had cinnamon trident. And you're like, I guess, you know, like, I that's such barely gum, you know? And, uh, you know, I was grateful to get the gum, but, like, 
on the pecking order of gum, Trident is like a, a barely notch above bazooka. Like it's basically just like hard thing to immediately change the flavor in your mouth for three to four minutes. And you know, it's hard. It doesn't. And then cinnamon gum is also like the lowest rung of gum flavor that you could have, which I get into a fight with my wife about. She loves cinnamon gum. And I'm like, give me peppermint. Give me spearmint. Give me just about any. I'll take some of these Eclipse Arctic Blast, you know, you know, like a polar chill. I'll take whatever it sounds cool and cold and minty. I need a mint based thing. There was a kid who gave me a piece of gum outside New York Comedy Club one time. We had all smoked, so we very much were cotton mouth. And the man gave me, does anyone have gum? And he goes, I got gum. And that's like the greatest. You just kiss somebody on the lips. You go, thank God. Yes, thank you so much. And he gives me a gum. I don't look at it. I pop it right in my mouth. And it's cinnamon. And this is all I'll say to you cinnamon heads out there. The the cinnamon clan, as you're known on, on social media by your hashtags and your profiles. You cinnamon clan people, uh, warn us. You're not. You're not the majority, you're the minority, okay? You're the minority gum chewer who prefers cinnamon. So if you offer me a piece of gum, just go, yeah, I got gum right here. By the way, it's cinnamon. That way I know going in, because when I put it in my mouth, I am expecting a mint polar blast Arctic chill, but instead I got spicy? What? A, who chooses spicy as a flavor they want in their mouth? Not me. Not Nicole, hopefully. Nicole, where do you stand on cinnamon gum? No, I hate it. And I don't, it's not like I, I won't refuse cinnamon gum. I just need a heads up, okay? <laughs> could you just, could you do me that much? Do us all that much in society. And I said this as much to the man who offered me the cinnamon gum. And his response was, ah, that makes sense. Yeah, here's the thing, like, I don't like mint. So, like, I never even think about it. And you're like, okay. I guess, but if you're in a bar, you can't just go around and be like, I don't like beer, so I guess everyone's drinking seltzer, right? Like, you you have to know your surroundings and know that you're maybe different than the rest, and that's fine, but also it's not fine. So get your shit together. That's what I'll say. What a cool ASMR sound this is, though, right? This is kind of like anybody who's even a little bit struggling with their alcohol intake is for sure just sweating nervously when they hear this and they're just like, is it time yet? I'm on my way to work. Is it too early? All right. Okay. Nicole, you were here for this. This happened yesterday. And I don't have anything to say about it. Or maybe I'll have a lot to say about it. I didn't write anything prepared to say about it. But yesterday, we're leaving, recording. Here's a scenario. Check it out. Available everywhere. Laugh button. Network and uh, just in general, you'd love it. Um, we're we're leaving the studio, and there is a man sitting at an outdoor cafe and a very tiny table, and he has a full typewriter, a full typewriter at the table, and it's in a box that he obviously took it with him, and which I think is like a almost like a rolling suitcase. It it was so big, and he's just. It's just clacking away at the typewriter and then occasionally sing and sing and it and it, everyone around him is like <laughs> you know and what is what is the if that wasn't a social experiment to see how long humans can deal with annoying behavior before someone were to walk up and just smash his face into the keys then what's that guy's problem? That's my question. Uh, who, who do you think you are that you think that you can go to a place with already like an obnoxious typewriter and then set up in the middle of everyone and then just clackety clack away and just fucking and just and then you're putting up your paper, you're making sure you adjust it because everybody knows when you type, it's got to be important because, hey, guess what? There's no room for errors. There's no room for mistakes on my typewriter. I have never wanted to push a table over more in my life just to see what would happen. Because even if I started pushing the table over and he tried to catch it, it would drag him. He would pull him down. I mean, it looked like it was a 400-pound typewriter. And 
Did did you notice that, Nicole, when I took a picture of it? Because I was obsessed with it. Yeah, not until you called attention to it. It's all I see. And it's all I've been thinking about (laughs) since yesterday, to be honest with you. Because, and we saw crime yesterday in the park. We saw violence. We saw drugs. We saw crime. And none of it uh, angered or upset me as much as a man with a typewriter. And I want to go back to his apartment and see how he lives. I just wanted to stalk this man and see what he lived like. because. You know he's got hard opinions on cars and television. He doesn't have either because he doesn't believe they're good for us. I'm sure he's a, you know what he is? I bet he's a foldable bicycle kind of a guy. You know those people who have the foldable bikes that have the little tiny tires and it's like a little razor scooter, but it's a bicycle and they could take it on the subway with them, but it's got leather seats and you're like, this is actually kind of nice. I bought it at, you know, fucking, uh, you know, J. Crew or something like that. I don't know. But, and I guarantee he doesn't have television because he's way too analog, you know? You're so analog, baby. Look how cool you are. I'm fucking, anyway, I don't have anything to say about this guy. I just think that if you're a fan and you're listening and you have a typewriter, keep it in your home, okay? Go ahead and don't take it with you to places, especially to outdoor cafes because you look like a douche, you sound like a douche, and now people are going to talk about you on their podcast with not much to say outside of, you're a douche for upwards of like five or six minutes. So hope you're happy. You know, that's it. Uh, That's such a delicious drink. I just need to keep reiterating to you guys, as good as this looks and sounds, it tastes better. Um, Okay. Oh, I forgot about this too. Another boy, oh boy. I'm chock full of stories. Here's the thing. Without Irish Goodbye, I got no outlet for stories. But I do think this all plays in to get well one another. This is a story of how technology saved my night and almost ruined my life. I was, um, I'd never been on one of those lime, the, the moped. You can rent a moped here like you would rent a city bike or something. And like Lime is the company that has them. And you get a full moped. And you just, it's like 30 cents a minute. And they're the most fun thing ever to ride. So I'd never been on one. Brendan Sagalow has been taking them all over the place. So I was like, I'm going to try it. And I tried it to do, go to a show in Brooklyn. And frankly, it was a fantastic experience. I mean, I, I, had, I had my music playing. I had the big helmet on. I'm zipping. I feel like I was Jim Carrey and Yes Man, just looking for a way too young woman to have a love interest with, you know? And so I, I'm, driving, I'm driving all the way to Brooklyn. I get all the way from Astoria. I get over the bridge to Brooklyn. I get... No problems. I mean, it's like 70 degrees out. The sun is setting. I'm playing music. Life is good. No traffic issues whatsoever. And I get two blocks from the venue. And I'm just getting to that point of like, I guess I should figure out where to park this. And I'm sure also, you know, uh, this has been a great experience. I'm kind of reminiscing about the trip that just was, about how fun this is, how I'll probably use it a lot more going forward. And as I'm going... 29 miles an hour on this thing, I hear, I feel something leave my person. And I hear a noise, and out of the corner of my eye, I look, and my phone has fallen out of my pocket and just disappeared. Uh, It just hit the ground and exploded into stardust, and it's gone forever while I'm also going 29 miles an hour in the opposite direction. So I have a full panic because I'm like, I hope it's not. I can't just stop in the middle of the street. So I had to go another probably 100 feet to the end of the block, pull over, jump out. Now I got a big old dumb helmet on and I'm running around looking for my phone and it's not in the middle of the street anywhere. I heard it go like sliding. So I'm like, it's probably under a car somewhere. So now I'm leaving my my moped on and running available to be stolen at any point by anyone and i am walking around and by the way now the sun is set so it is dark so i have no i would love a cell phone light wouldn't you do not you just love a cell phone light to be able to find your cell phone i'm looking for it can't find it anywhere it is i'm going under each car peeking under it people think i'm like setting up bombs underneath their cars because i'm like on my hands and knees and then like scurrying away and i have the helmet on and the helmet did not help my my cause whatsoever so i start doing within about 3 to 4 minutes i start getting into that like 
what am I going to do now with my life? Like everything starts falling apart. Like the, the fact that the phone might be gone. I also have a spot. I need to be on stage in like 15 minutes. So I am, there's multiple clocks running here. Again, every second that that moped is on, it's charging me money. And the only way to stop it is to find my cell phone because that's the only thing to end the current session. So I am panicking and there's no pedestrians walking by that I could be like, hey man, could I borrow your cell phone line for a sec? Which who's going to say yes to that anyway? But there was no one even walking around and occasionally cars would come and I'm like searching in the light. And then I realized, oh my God, I got my AirPods in. So I could just talk to Siri, right? So I'm like, hey, Siri, fucking where you at? Where you at, girl? Tell me, make a noise. I didn't even know if that was a capability of my iPhone, but I'm like, hey, Siri, I don't know where you are. Make a noise. And surprisingly, she's responding to me right now, ironically, but she wasn't then. Turn this off. But I said, I said, see, okay, now, yeah, it's all okay. It's all okay. But she, I go, uh, I go, hey, Siri, where are you? And she doesn't respond. And I go, uh, play a noise, call somebody. I actually said this, I go, call, I tried to call the booker of the comedy club. I go, call Mike. And she calls him. He doesn't answer his phone because why would he answer his phone? And now I have this decision. I go, should I get back on the moped, go to the comedy club, grab one of the comedian's phones, go back to the location and search with a light, or just keep checking under the same five cars I've checked for the last 15 minutes. It's been about 15 minutes now, and I'm very close to having to go on stage. So I'm really panicking and sweating. Like all of the fun that just happened is gone. Now I'm having a terrible, awful time. So I. I, I'm talking to the thing, and thank God again for these AirPods, because I walked far enough down the block that they got disconnected. So I'm like, okay, I know it has to be in this area, right? So I say again, I go, make another phone call. So I so to make a phone call, and this is what I do this time, pretty ingenious. I go down on my hands and knees and look all the way down the line of cars from underneath the front end of one car, and I go, call Mike. And then when it calls it, it lights up the, your LED light. And I finally found it, and it was underneath the wheel of a tire of a parked car. Like it had slid perfectly wedged underneath the front tire of a car. And God forbid this person were to leave, they would have crushed it into a bazillion pieces. And then I had to get in, get there. And then I run and I'm like with a helmet on running into the venue to try and do the spot. And wouldn't you believe it? I talked about it on stage. They didn't care for it. So I don't know if anybody will with this, but what I will say is if you're going to use a lime, uh, there's a little thing for your phone. Put it in there. Just go ahead and put it in there. And, uh, and, and wear AirPods because if you lose your phone, you're totally fucked. It is just, they should have a backup plan on the line where it's like, did you lose your phone? Okay, we'll shut this off and stop charging you now. I don't know how they're going to do that, but that would be my plate. And that's, you know, kind of the end of it. You know, have you ever been on one of those mopeds, Nicole? No, I haven't. But they have a phone pocket? It's not even a pocket. It's like a, it's like a little like arms-free device thing. And I thought it wasn't going to get big enough because I have a phone and a case. And I'm like, I don't want to take it out of this case because one of these stupid cases that's like, once it's on, it's on for life. Like you, ha- like you try to take it off and it rips your nails right off. It's like a POW torture in order to get this off. So I go, oh, it's not going to be big enough for my phone. And then I realized on the way home, it absolutely expands to all shapes and sizes. So I was just... I was just a fucking idiot, I guess. But speaking of idiots, we got to talk about this. This is actually the first newsworthy thing that, is, that I'm talking about uh, in this episode. And we're going to get more of these. And by the way, um, if you have things that you think you'd like me to rant about, or things that even you think, things that make you angry, things that you think will make me angry, send them to me. You can message me on Instagram at I am Mike Feeney, or send them to me, snarkypodcast at gmail. Send me as many or as as few as you want, things that'll annoy you, um, and I will I will talk about them on the podcast. Uh, I do a bonus, uh, probably like 15 to 20 minutes of this show on the Patreon where I talk about exclusively things that people have mentioned that I'm very excited about. I'm going to do after this episode. I mean, some of these are so fantastic. Some of these, like, these are perfect examples of what I would want from you guys. People who leave empty food containers and they put them back in the fridge or cabinet with a very little amount of milk and then things like that. Love that. 
Um, let's see, uh, bottled water, which is like, I got a whole theory about bottled water and I'll, I'll rant about that. Absolutely. Um, let's see, uh, people that leisurely stroll across a four lane, 40 mile per hour road with headphones on, not even considering traffic, zooming by them. I mean, all of these, and people who take too long to order in a drive through I mean, all of these things are perfect and exactly what I want. So, uh, send those again to me, snarky podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you guys can follow me on social media. Uh, you can watch my comedy special, Rage Against the Routine, and leave a five-star review for this show, would you? I think after this, we'll, we'll probably release it everywhere. If not, this will just be a thing that Nicole and I do once a week and no one's ever heard. Um, but please uh, tell some friends about this. You know, I, I, you know we're going to build this from the ground up, little grassroots thing, and it always will be early on uh, the Here's the Scenario Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod. I mean, there's legitimately hundreds of hours of content in that so check that out and uh, i'm glad that you're here i'm glad you're listening and now this i'm glad that this is actually kind of developed into a bigger news story from when i originally wrote it down to talk about this because there was a television show that cbs ordered and it was usher priyanka chopra jonas and julianne huff they were going to host a competition series called The Activist. And it was this is the description of the show. Activists go head-to-head in challenges to promote their causes with their success measured via online engagement, social metrics, and host input. I mean, of all, of all the terrible ideas that have ever been pitched for television, over, in life, in general, this is, this is up there with Michael Jordan leaving basketball to play baseball, Crystal Pepsi, my parents getting married. Like, this is up there with all of the bad decisions that you could have. It was, I mean, it's so hilariously tone deaf and dystopian to be like, we're going to do this oppression Olympics and just see who can do a better job at charity. And now, since they got, they got absolutely lit up on social media by everybody to the point where CBS had to walk it back. And it's so fun. They issued this whole statement, and it's great. Because CBS, it's like all these big corporations, they kind of have to respond to the Twitter mob. That's the, the downfall of being a multi-billion dollar conglomerate, I guess. Um, but it is funny because their reaction was kind of like this, like, oh... You know what? Yeah, okay. Now that you mentioned it, it does seem it does seem kind of shitty. Like we didn't we honestly didn't think you'd notice, but you did notice, and that's cool, and we support you guys. So uh we're not gonna do it because it's wrong. So now they're not doing it anymore. Nope. They are just not doing it as a reality show. They're still doing the show, but now they're going to turn it into a docu-series. A docu-series, huh? Isn't that fun? A multi-part documentary now. If there's anything less fun than a salacious reality show, it's watching documentaries. And we're going to have to watch Julianne Huff and her 11 six-packs that she has on her chest and her incredible body and Usher, who's equally rich, waking up in an all-white, beautiful infinity pool mansion in the Hollywood Hills. We're going to have to see them be like, it's time to help St. Jude's. Get the fuck right out of here, pal. You're out. Get out of here. The whole CBS, I, I mean, I'm excited for this doc. I will watch this docu-series only for the fact of them being like, you know what? It's honestly time that we've done something. And you're like, you could write a check but I bet you're getting paid for this show, aren't you? And are you giving more money than you're raising? Because probably not, you know? But boy, oh boy, of all of the... This is how bad they got ratioed. I've never seen a ratioing like this in my life since, like, Kevin Spacey was like, I'm back after, like, you know, diddling kids. Um, he They had 562 retweets, which I think half of those have got to be like, you know, look at this. 27,000 quote retweets. <laughs> 27,000 to 500. And you know 27,000 were like, can you fucking believe this shit? I, uh, I love a good quote retweet, you know? Mm. They're fucked. They are so fucked. 
But good for you, CBS. Swing for the fences. They've invested so much money in that show, they can't just scrap the whole idea, you know? So it is what it is. Um, they talked... Oh, and other new news that's happening. In other news, I just turned into a fucking Walter Conkright. <laughs> in other news, there's a uh, conflict in the Middle East. There, I saw the new Matrix trailer. And, Nicole, where do you stand on the Matrix? Um, I don't want to offend you. I haven't seen any of them, so I, I'm not... doesn't offend at... me at all. I am... I am a fan of the Matrix, the trilogy, and that's about it. I thought they were great, fun movies to watch. I don't need to ever watch them again. I don't need to watch any of the spinoffs or any of it. It was fine. Um, a little too sci-fi-y for me, but I mean, the original is great. The second one's good. It's whatever. It's fine. But the new one they have coming out, they're, do- they're calling it, a remix, which it's like, what? What's that now? What are you? What are you doing? What is it? Okay, because it's not a prequel. It's supposed to be a sequel, but they're like, it's not a sequel because the times lines are different because of the other stories that we've created and and cartoons that we. It follows some weird story that isn't just the first three. And they have the character that Lawrence Fishburne played in it is somebody else is playing Lawrence Fishburne. And it's like a, a younger character that kind of looks like Lawrence Fishburne, but isn't. And you're like, so what is it? Is it him or is it not him? Because Keanu Reeves looks older. He's got John Wick hair now. And so it's like, who I... He's got the... I love how John uh, John Wick and Keanu Reeves in general is just wearing like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction hair and no one's talking about it. Just the pin straight black shoulder hair parted down the middle. Cool. Okay. What's that about? No one's going to address it? All right. Fine. We'll just pretend that that's normal, I guess. And But all I want to know is like, I was like, Lawrence Fishburne's not in it. And then they go, but again, we, but he can't be in it because... The timeline's different, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay. And then I saw Trinity, who's a character in it. She's in it. And they like hadn't met yet. And in the trailer, she's like, hi, do I know you from somewhere? And he's like, mm-hmm. And it's like, she died in The Matrix. She died in the last one. And so what timeline are we following? Is she dead? Is she not dead? Where's Lawrence Fishburne? I want, this is a whole thing about me being like, where is Lawrence Fishburne? And that's because the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters, I think they both... What are the odds of that, by the way? Can we talk about that for an in, for a second? Of of twins? I think they're... Tw- Nicole, look up if they're twins or if they're just, uh, like, brothers. Not brothers anymore. Sisters. They both transitioned into a woman. And I don't know what the odds of that are, but it's got to be, like, almost zero. To have two people, two brothers... Both transition into women. And it's kind of wild because, you know, they've gotten very, obviously, political. They've become a little more activists into it. But I I feel like one of them really, really wanted to transition. And the other one's like, well, we've done everything together so far. So I might as well just follow you into this journey. Or maybe it's one of those shared twin things where they're like, we have the same thoughts. And this thought is... We want to identify, we want to be a woman. And then they change to be a woman, which is great, you know? Um, but both of them, it's pretty pretty rare, I'd say. Right, Nicole? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've heard of that. I've never heard of that. Are they, do we know if they're twins? Um, I'm looking this up right now. A lot of these articles are kind of scary. So I'm trying to find a good one. Yeah, also, I nothing, and this is nothing against uh, anybody who transitions. I fully support it. Go get it, girl. Um, but the Wachowski sisters, not... Not, I mean, they were never attractive men. I'll put it that way. You know what I'm saying? And transitioning has not changed that. That's the way I'll, I'll say that. They, they, they look equally as attractive now as they did while they were unattractive men. Um, but, you know, that's their journey. And I, who am I as a cisgendered straight white male with a microphone and a loud opinion to comment on anything anymore about anything. Um, 
That's it. That's all. That's all about them. But that Matrix trailer, it's going to be terrible. I think it's going to be really awful. And if you're a Matrix fan and you're holding out hope, you're going to be disappointed, you know? Wow. This is really flying by this episode, Nicole. Yeah, you're crushing it. This feels great. Um, speaking of crushing it, <laughs> speaking of crushing it, there is a, <laughs> I can't get out of a news anchor type transition to things. Uh, the COVID's not dead. And uh, now there is a South African variant. Have you heard about this? You know about this, Nicole? <laughs> now I turn into Leno. <laughs> heard about this? Know about this? No. Uh, um, there's a South African variant. And they said, and this is the like the little like graphic and little Chiron that I saw for it on the news. It said, um, it goes, it's the South African, vari- South African COVID variant, um, the most, where did it say? It said, uh, possibly the most mutated yet. And that's all it said. And I got to say, at this point, I just love that COVID is like an Avengers franchise now. They all just, it's like a sequel. They're, they get to all their own movies. You know, it started with like COVID-19. That was the origin story. We all started with that. We figured it out. Then all of a sudden they were like, that was a success. Let's order the sequel. Delta variant. <laughs> Blew up, blew up the numbers, did crazy well in Florida and a bunch of the South states, Texas, it crushed, you know, everybody loved it. And then they're like, we got to work in more diversity. So the next one, they're like, South African variant. That's how we'll work it in. We'll give, you know, a spinoff to some of it. And then the next one's going to be like, maybe it'll be like a crossover within the same multiverse, kind of, or maybe it'll be a universe shared thing, but maybe it'll be a different multiverse where they'll be like, now, we're going to have a crossover with the flu, you know what I mean? The flu will be like, what took you so long? And then they'll kind of have a, they'll have a battle for like, who's the bigger flu thing. And then it will end with COVID end game. And that will be, of course, the end of civilization as we know it. So I'm kind of looking forward to it because I don't think that COVID at this point is something that's ever going to be like gone. I think it's just going to be constantly um, morphic and not in a, like a way they're like we're never going back to normal again but like I think it's like something like the flu like we're just going to have to deal with it and all of its variants every single year and um, you know and that's going to suck ass so that's what I think about that <laughs> and you know I look forward to COVID endgame alright home stretch people I think you guys are enjoying this I don't need to warn you that it's going to end soon I think you can, I can just let you know we're going to continue this um, I have some other things that I'd like to say. This is great. I'm actually going to have stuff to talk about next week that isn't just um, that isn't just me panicking. Um, let's okay. Couple things. Number one, uh, people in movies and TV shows. I was watching a movie, and they were getting into an argument. And how many times have you seen this? They, they two people get into an argument. And one person says the line, says the line to win the argument, or at least to like be like, fuck you, mm, eh, and check your argument and raise. And they go like, and that's why the Mitsubishi Eclipse didn't start for you. And then they start walking away. And then the person's like, Vanessa, come on, <sighs> Vanessa. <sighs> and they just, they sit there while the person walks away as if, calling out to them once and that that didn't work well there's no other option at that point you just have to let them walk away and sit there and stare at your feet and i get it it's a great way to transition into the next scene for a television or movie but it's so impractical have you ever been in an argument with somebody and they get up and start walking away in the middle of the argument do you let them because i don't i will be like Where are you going? Now I'm mad about another thing, which is that you thought you were just going to fucking drop the mic on me and walk away. Now I will follow you to the end of the earth. Just follow the person. Because that's the thing. They're like, well, I don't know what to... It's always in rom-coms. Like, I don't know. I don't know. She walked away. She left. And now I don't know if I'll ever see her again. It's like, yeah, it's because you let her fucking walk away, bro. Go up there. Keep talking to her. Plead your case, you know? Do whatever you got to do, but... Don't just let her walk away. Otherwise, what are we doing here? I don't know. That's it. I thought I had more to say, but sometimes I'm just, sometimes it's a very easy situation. It's a very easy thing to fix. Walk with them. And then we got it. But the whole, uh uh-oh, no, don't. Follow them. 
That's it. Chase after him. That's it. Um, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to wrap it up soon. <laughs> uh, okay. The drink is finished. Um, okay. Quick thing. Maybe this, I don't know what this is either, but I like, that's what I like about this show. I can say things, sometimes things not always, this very much annoys me. Walked up to a group of people outside of a comedy club, comics, and they go, um, we were just talking about you, which is maybe the worst thing to ever walk into ever in any situation. If you're like me, I, there's not an opening statement I hate worse. I wish if I walk if I walked up and saw, and a group of people went, "Oh, Mike, we hate you." I would be <laughs> less annoyed and anxious than Mike. We were just talking about you because and here's the other thing. If you say that, don't pause afterwards. We were just talking about you. No. No, you immediately before even ending that sentence, say what it is. You were talking about me for, you know, say what you were saying. Don't make me have to go and panic because then I'm going to do some self-effacing like, oh, I'm sure you know, the rumors are true. You know, I'll say some horrifically <laughs> embarrassing line to try and save face or being like, none of it's true or whatever. Like, you know, she was 18. I'll say something that'll be fun, but I'll want to know. And this person was like, they did the pause. And I go, I, he made me go. What were you talking about, you know? And then he told me, but he did it in such a way where, like, he was shocked that I asked the follow-up. As if he is, maybe it was just him going, well, of course it would be a good thing that we were talking about. Why would it? But you're like, how am I to know that? You know, I am a, I am a person who is, uh, who is yelling into a camera for, for the attention of, of many or few. I don't know, but I am, do you think I'm the kind of person with the self- preservation to not be inquisitive about what you may or may not my colleagues my friends my family might be talking about i gotta know i hate that nicole what do you think uh yeah i don't, I don't think i've gotten that walking up to people i've gotten a lot of wrong person text messages Ooh. or like walked up on someone talking shit about me but never the oh no we were just talking about you yeah because even if they're like it wouldn't matter that's the other thing, too. Once they say we were just talking about you and you're like, oh, what was it? If they were like, oh, we were just talking about how like funny and sexy and great you are. It'd be like, well, of course, those things are all true. But like, I, I still wouldn't believe that that's what they were talking about. You know, if they're like, oh, you're, you're the, like the voice of a generation. I'd be like, listen, I know what I, we, we're all just saying facts at this point, but I'm not I'm not going to believe that's what you were talking about. I'm always going to think you were talking shit. So just don't say that you know and we have a i have a i have a nice code word which i feel like i shouldn't even say because i like to use it as a code word when i'm in public with like close friends but i'll tell you guys on the podcast and if for ever some reason i say it as you're walking up to me know that i was just talking shit about you but if i'm with a group of friends my close friends and we're talking shit about somebody and that person wa is walking up what i say to them to my friends and we all know this so it's like it's code I just start saying like it's blue. You just say it's blue. That's that's because it's a completely if you're talking shit about somebody and they start walking up and you go, Oh no, but it's blue. So it's blue, it's fine. And then they walk up and you're like, and they go, What was blue? And you're like, ah, oh, this guy. You know, like you can just see you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't it's not like shh shh shh, you know, you know, because otherwise people go like no 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 and they like do eye movements and like like that kind of thing. You just go, Oh, it's blue. And then people go, Blue, right, I get you. And then they walk in, hey guys, what are you doing? Nothing. Definitely not talking about your fucking crocs that you decided to wear to this wedding, you know, whatever it is. So um here's the thing. I think that's it, folks. I think we're gonna end on it's blue. Uh, and uh, and just so you know, like I said, we're we're in it. This podcast is in its infancy, and uh, we'll be doing it. It'll be coming out every week. So again, you can watch the video on my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Mike Finney Comedy, and uh, listen to it on iTunes and places where you get podcasts, and uh, leave a review, send it to friends. Do all that stuff because again, this is uh, this is a lot of work. Nicole and I are. Uh, Nicole's coming over. She's got microphones. She's got equipment. She's setting up. She's doing everything. I'm getting her drunk in the middle of the day. You know, we're we're doing. And Nicole, where can people find you on social media? Follow Nicole. Thanks. My Instagram is Nicole C Lyons. My website is NicoleLyons.co. Hell yeah! Any like social media clip 
you see for this podcast, anyone that you've seen for Here's a Scenario, that's all Nicole. And they're fantastic. She also does like the Mike Takes Edibles on, on Mike Cannon um, and like a bunch of other stuff. She's fantastic. Great, great uh, editor, great producer. So um, support the producers. You know, we got to start getting the producers in this business. The producer, I, I should clarify, we have to get the producers in this business who don't want to be stand up comedians more shine because a lot of, a lot of producers. Uh, very quickly want to become uh, talent and uh, and they want to be like on air like oh I'll be a little personality but Nicole is the best in that she's like I'll talk into a mic if I have to but don't make me and uh, that's why she's the best so uh, again follow the show uh, you know do all that listen to here's a scenario watch my stuff come see a live show and until next week you know just fucking go ahead and get mad about stuff <laughs>